Hey guys, it's Justin. Welcome to my podcast. If you're here, chances are you really like Disney just like me, or you just magically stumbled across my show and searched for some other song or podcast. Whatever the reason, welcome. This episode is called Dalmatians and Vespas. Hello everyone, it's Justin. Welcome to episode 2 of the Tomorrowland Podcast Company. I hope you're doing well today. I'm doing art myself. I just had my senior portraits taken earlier. And most people say, because I've seen this all over TikTok, that it doesn't really hit you that you're a senior until you put your cap and gown on at the end of the year. And I've just taken my senior portraits. And not to say that it's like really hit me, obviously, but I'm like sort of realizing, huh, like it's all going to be over in a year. And I don't know if I'm ready for that. I mean, I guess I don't really have a choice. I have to be. Um, but I took my senior portraits and I think they went well. I hope they went well. Um, I didn't see what they looked like or anything. I guess they'll send me an email or something whenever they're ready or send them to my house. Um, so whatever it is, but I think they went well and it's kind of, I feel like creeping up on me that nobody else, my grades or at my school has to do this besides seniors. And I'm just like, man, I'm kind of, I'm really kind of here when I was younger and I kind of looked at this as sort of something that's way in the future it's really not so if you're in a younger grade and everything like I people always say like oh it goes by so fast but that's very much an understatement like my my freshman year was Hurricane Michael and everything and I've not really had a normal year of high school I mean last year kind of was but um we had masks and everything and then this year they lifted the mandate so I don't know maybe it'll be hopefully it'll be normal but yeah so I took my senior portraits and then trying to think of this. Oh, last night I continued writing. I, I don't know if you, if you follow my Instagram, same, same thing, Justin blogging. Um, then you see that I posted about, or not posted. I have in my bio, I think it's still there that I write books. And whenever I write books, I said, if you want to, you can message me separately and ask to proofread them. But right now I'm writing one about pirates. It's not parts of the Caribbean as much as it sounds like it. It's not based on under anything. And I'm really, this is probably one of my favorites. I wrote one a very, my first one ever, I think, was a pirate one, and it was like a thousand words, and I'm like, that's not a book. That is a, a long essay. So I decided to um, completely reimagine the story and write it. So I have another. I have other ones that if you want to proofread them, you can message me. Um, but whatever. So that's just that's just kind of what's going on with me. Um, like I said, I hope you're doing well. This episode is called Dalmatians and Vespas, and this is going to be a two-in-one movie review for the movie Corella. That came out this year and for the movie Luca. So let's get right into it. Disney's Cruella is a film directed by Craig Gillespie that came out on May 28th, 2021 into Disney Plus and theaters all around the world. I had the privilege of watching it in theaters. You can go buy it on Disney Plus for $29.99, which I also did after seeing the movie. Um, it stars Emma Stone as the main character and then Emma Thompson as the other main character. They pretty much have the same screen time. Emma Thompson also might have the same thing. Um, they want to go ahead and say that they performed greatly. I, I I cannot express to you guys how strong both of their performances were. I didn't know that Emma Thompson was going to be in it as much as she was. She played such a good part, and so did Emma Stone. I couldn't have found or found. I couldn't think of another person who could play Cruella as good as she did. This movie, if you look at it and think, oh, it's just another Disney live action film, yes, it is, but 
It is my favorite out of all the other live action films. Not it's my it's my favorite over Aladdin, which I really loved, over The Lion King, which was basically just a exact replica of the original Lion King, and of course over Mulan, which was a disaster of a movie. I'm never gonna review that. I don't have the I don't want to watch that to get that again to even want to review it. Anyways, so Cruella, um, like I said, I watched it in theaters. Both Emma Stone and Emma Thompson did beautiful acting, and they played such good parts. So props to Disney and them for performing so well. And then she has two friends in the movie um, that she meets from like kind of in the beginning. I want to go ahead and say this is going to be a spoiler-filled review. Um, both of, for both of these movies. So if you haven't seen them, you probably should go ahead and go watch them. Or if you just don't want to see them and you want to know what my thoughts were on it, then go ahead and continue. But she has two friends that she meets pretty much the beginning of the movie. One named Horace and the other named Jasper. When I first saw these characters as kids, because they meet as kids, I didn't think that it was going to be like such a strong part. Like I thought that she was just going to meet them for a little while, and then they would be friends, and then when they got older, they would separate. But no, they literally grow up together from being little kids, orphaned, to becoming family, literal family. And they have dogs together. She meets, she has this little dog named Buddy that she found um, when she was little. And then the, uh, her other friend Horace has a dog named Wink that has an eye patch over one of his eyes, and he's named him Wink. So it's, it's really cute. But I think Jasper, yes, he performed a great... Um, he was a great character, but Horace is, um, I think he's really the highlight, one of the highlights of this film. He played such a funny part, and his dog, he was, like, in love with his dog, and whenever there was, a, at the end, whenever the dog comes back and saves them, and he's like, I'm gonna kiss you right on the mouth, I don't care where it's been, and the dog just, like, wags his tail. It's such a cute, like, they play off each other, even though it's a dog and a human. I really loved Horace in this movie, so good job, once again, Horace, whatever your real name is, I don't even know. And then Disney for casting them. Um, this is something that a lot of people, because I watched a few other reviews on this, a lot of people said that this kind of bothered them, but I kind of think it works in, a, in some way, shape, or form. They played a lot of music in this movie, and I mean a lot. In almost every scene, there was some sort of like 70s music in it. And I guess for the kind of vibe that they were going for, for Corella and everything, that they had to, not necessarily had to, but felt like they had to, um, but there's a crap ton of music in this movie, but I honestly, I, I liked it, I thought it worked, and I think that's also a reason that my parents liked the movie so much, is because anytime that a rock song came on from the 70s, they were sitting there, like, singing it under their breath, and, like, rocking their heads to it, um, so they, I think they enjoyed that aspect of it, and so did I, so a lot of people said they didn't really like it, I enjoyed it, um, you can watch the movie and tell me what you think about it, but I really enjoyed that part. So those of you that say you don't like the music, like it's fine, but whatever, I enjoyed it. And especially in the beginning, they play, there's a beginning part where they go to, um, the giant manor in the beginning scene and they play the song from the Bee Gees called Whisper Whisper that I've never heard before. Um, and a lot of people said that they were surprised that this was in the movie out of all the Bee Gees songs. But I think it added a really, really cool aspect to the scene that they were trying to go. And they like did like the sort of drone shot of the entire mansion. And it was just like a the beginning of the song, like the growing tempo. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it sounds really neat. And it 
fitted the scene perfectly. So that's sort of the thing with the music that I'm like, see, the, that music literally added to the scene. It's not just there because they wanted to put it there. So, I, I mean, I, I, that's that's my opinion on the music. Once again, you you can have your own. I don't really care. But that's just where I am. And then I also want to say I thought that this was going to be a sort of replica of 101 Dalmatians where she kills all the dogs and everything and makes them into coats and like that's just it and that's her villain um but she didn't do any of that she didn't even kill a dog it was led to believe during one of the scenes that she was going to kill a dog but that she had killed the um emma thompson's dogs but she didn't because she was wearing a coat of dalmatian and the lady was like she killed my dogs and made coats out of them but she didn't because we see them later in the other scenes and in multiple scenes after that so I'm like, okay, now there's sort of the villain aspect of her, but she didn't do it. So I'm like, literally, once you hear Cruella's backstory and what she's gone through, I I feel for her. I've never really felt for a villain like I did, English, like I did Cruella. You you feel for her pain and you understand why she's acting the way she is. Uh, Yes, she goes a little bit cuckoo on some parts, but that's just because, yeah, she's like a villain or whatever, but... I mean, I, I kind of feel for her. I don't really see her as that big of a villain. There's already a second one in the works. I don't know if you guys know that, but there's already a second Cruella movie in the works. So it's, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing that, but maybe they'll make her more of a villain in that movie. I'm not entirely sure, but I didn't really see her as much of a villain in this movie. I, I saw her that, I mean, I understand why people like saw her the way she did and everything um, and why she's going through what she went through or why she's acting that way, because she went through what she went through, especially during the twist at the end. So like I said, this is spoilers, I've already reviewed a bunch of spoilers of this, but the main twist of the entire movie, here it is, is that Emma Thompson, the Baroness, is her mother, Cruella's mother, and I heard somebody, because I watched it in theaters twice, actually, I didn't say that, I watched it in theaters twice, and somebody the second time was like, what? And it's like shattered through the entire theater, and it's like, you understand because the Baroness plays more of a villain than Cruella does, if we're being completely honest. She plays much more of a villain than Cruella does during the entire film. And you can see, if, if you put that in aspect, she also says that at the end of the movie, Emma Thompson does. She says, oh, now it all makes sense. You're like me because, well, you're mine. Um, and then there's the whole scene at the end where the cliff and all that. Anyways, I'm not going to get into that. But I thought that the twist was a really cool aspect that added to the film, just in general. Like, it was it was really neat. So, good job, Disney. Normally, the twists, I feel like, don't work a lot of the time. Or sometimes they do, but you really see it coming from a mile. But I did not see this one coming. It was crazy. I feel like I really should have, but I did not. I, I didn't see it coming from a mile away. So, I really enjoyed the twist of this movie. Um, you tell me after watching it if you enjoyed it. Um, because I surely did. And then this is going to be the end of the Cruella segment, but I want to go ahead and say this is my third favorite Disney movie of all time. I have watched hundreds probably of Disney movies multiple times, and I've watched this movie twice, and after the first time, I said to my sister that this is my in my top three. I have top five, but my top three right now are Ratatouille. Obviously, nothing's going to take that spot, I don't think. The second one's Monsters, Inc., and the third one is Cruella. And that's very, like, how do you go from, like, Innocent Pixar to, like, Corella, which is, like, kind of dark. I don't know. But I really enjoyed it. And I definitely, if you haven't seen this movie, I highly, highly, highly recommend watching it. It was so, so good. 
And yeah, that's where I stand. And now we're going to get into Luca. The Disney film Luca was directed by Enrico Casarosa and came out on June 16th, 2021, only on Disney Plus for free and stars Jacob Tremley, Jack Dylan Grazer, and Emma Berman as Luca, Alberto, and Julia. I watched this on Disney Plus. Like I said, it's the only place to watch it. And I want to go ahead and say that I'm not entirely sure that this is the best idea. Not not the movie. Disney Plus releasing all of these only on Disney Plus because I think this one might have been one that was originally supposed to come out in theaters. But people sometimes like can't afford to watch it or to pay for Disney Plus all the time. So they're just never going to be able to watch the movie. And I feel like... I know the same, that's kind of like that with shows and stuff, but I feel like full-on like Disney movies, they, they feel worthy of being in theaters sometimes, and they're not going to be in theaters. Like, if Cruella was only released on Disney+, Plus, I would feel so bad for so many people that weren't able to watch it, but it's not. Um, it might come out on DVD. I'm not entirely sure if it is if it will. If it does, though, you can um, buy it and everything, and then that'll be kind of a place of um, my thoughts for how I feel about it only being released on Disney Plus. Um, anyways, so I watched Luca a couple of days ago for the first time, and um, people have either mixed feelings on this movie on whether or not they either really love it or they really hate it. Um, so it's 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 very one or the other. But um, I, it's not one of my favorites, but it's also by no means horrible. The uh, I want to go off. I, I say this a thousand times. I want to start off by saying that I think the colors in this movie are beautiful. The the way that it's like presented, I've never seen a Pixar movie that looks so like vibrant and just like energetic like this one does. It looks so like clean and just it it, it shines through the screen. So, um, whoever did that at Disney, you need a raise. Good job. <laughs> um, next, I want to talk about this is probably one of the most simple stories that Disney and Pixar has done in a very, 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 very long time. It is such a simple story. Um, like I said with the other one, it's going to have spoilers in it, but this one is literally just like, this is, it's a, it's such a simple plot. It's that three kids, two of them being sea monsters, nobody knows, they want to race for a Vespa, which in Italian, um, I guess is a motorcycle. Uh, they want a Vespa so they can travel the world. And if they win the race, they can buy a Vespa with the money. And that's it. That's literally the entire plot of the movie. And besides that, people just don't know that they're sea monsters. That's the entire plot of the entire movie. Um, so people, oh, I'm going to touch on the thing about sea monsters first. A lot of people in the, no, pretty much everybody in the movie doesn't know that they're sea monsters. And if they get one drop of water on them, their skin starts to change back to their sea monster form of like being blue and whatever other color. And if people found out this town actually really hates sea monsters, like if there's been rumors of them and stuff of them stealing things from boats and whatnot. And they entirely hate sea monsters. They're so against them. If they see one, they want to freaking har harpoon gun it um, and shoot them. So if it starts to rain or anything, like it does at the beginning of, or the end of the movie, then they're kind of screwed. And they would just have to jump back in the ocean. But they're sea monsters. And I thought one of the characters that really shocked me to be one of my favorites that I thought in the trailer was only going to be like a, a one joke sort of character was 
Julia's dad, the, um, the little girl with the red hair, her father has one arm, and he, in the beginning scene, they make pasta and everything, and the Luke is like, oh, what do you do for a living? And he's like, uh, I kill anything that swims. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of funny, I guess. But then he's in the rest of the movie, like, and plays a really good part, and then is like, has a great relationship with Julia because they talk about how during the summer she goes to her father's house, and then during the school year, she goes to her mother's and spends time there and goes to school and whatnot. So it's like, at the end, it's, it's kind of sad whenever she's saying goodbye to her father and she like, knows that she won't see him until next summer and he's just kind of alone at his house with his cat. Uh, so luckily, though, at the end of the movie, Alberto does end up staying and Luca goes to school, but Alberto stays with Julia's father and is, I guess, is like wingman and does work for him and stuff if he wants him to. Um, but I thought that the father played a really good part. He he was voiced by a great actor. He he has a very like deep and like manly voice. It's kind of scary, but also he's he's a big teddy bear kind of. So I enjoyed um, that character in the movie. Next, um, the scene at the sort of end of the movie. It's really there's like forty minutes left, so not really. Uh, is there's a scene where Luca and Alberto get into a fight because Alberto's getting jealous that Luca and Julia are hanging out so much and he's stealing his best friend. He gets really aggravated and then Luca, or an Albert, sorry, Alberto jumps in the water and turns into a sea monster in front of Julia and the villain. And the villain, he's pretty likable. He's not like a huge, huge threat, but he's kind of funny. He has like two little whiskers on him and Luca calls him a mud, or a, uh, um, what is it? Not a mud cat. What am I? A uh, catfish, a catfish. He calls him a catfish, and it's it's pretty funny. But Alberto jumps in the water and becomes a sea monster, and people start shouting at him. And then Luca, who's also a sea monster, plays it off like he himself is not one, and goes, "Oh, oh, look, a sea monster!" and starts like calling people on him. And then Alberto just gives him this look of like, "Wow, you're actually about to do this." And then the, Luca and Julia just run off together um, and leave Alberto in the water, who's just transformed and. Luca tries to pretend he's not one. But then, luckily, soon after, because I thought we were going to spend the rest of the movie of Julia thinking that he was not a sea monster, Julia splashes some water on his hands, and Luca becomes a sea monster as well. Um, so, I mean, I think that scene was much needed for the, for the plot to get where it, it was because at the end of the race when it starts raining and Luca's just kind of screwed riding his bike in the rain because if he does, then, well, what happens? He turns into a sea monster and everybody knows and he gets killed. So... Um, luckily that doesn't happen, well it does happen, but he doesn't get killed. <laughs> Jeez, that would be a dark twist for Disney, oh my gosh. So, Alberto comes and saves the day with an umbrella and tries to ride side by side with him down the, uh, down the hill. But then the villain comes and they are in the rain. Luckily though, I, but okay, so I watched another review on this. Somebody said that they think that the townspeople accepted that they were sea monsters so quickly and that it should have taken them longer and they should have been a little opposed to it because these people hated sea monsters like hated them and then they turn into it at the end of the movie and they're just like oh we're good you can trust us and they're everyone i was just like okay like we trust you now like i guess you can take their word for it or whatever but i mean the movie was already i guess at the runtime it needed to be or whatever i don't know but i feel like it should have taken longer for them to um, I agree with that person who did that interview, um, or that review. Uh, I feel like it should have taken longer for them to accept the fact that there's just sea monsters running through your town now. But the ending is when Luca goes to school with Julia and then Alberto and then separate um, f as friends. And I guess you'll see him next summer or whatever. But um, Luca's parents, 
I understand, like, the mom, she plays a good part with how, like, she's really caring for Luca, Luca, and, like, wants to find him, um, but they're kind of annoying, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be honest and say they're both kind of annoying, and I feel like that part wasn't exactly needed, um, but, I mean, it's fine, because obviously somebody has to care for him, and if that wasn't there, then he would have no reason to ever go back to the water, so it's fine, I mean, they played an okay part, um, but it just, it wasn't my absolute favorite. Now, I do want to say this. Luca, in the beginning, whenever he's, like, clumsy and can barely walk and everything, he was, like, a cute little kid and kind of clumsy and everything, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be funny. He got kind of annoying. And something specifically, I'm not going anything for the actor, but just the way that he always kept, like, whining, I feel like. Luca's kind of a wimp, and I understand that he's supposed to be. He got kind of annoying, his voice especially. Um, I don't know, it just, throughout the movie I was just kind of like okay my gosh he's still over here whining like the little kid he is so I don't know I mean that's not a huge aspect as to why I gave the movie the rating I'm giving it um but his voice was kind of annoying it got more annoying as the movie went on but like I said this movie wasn't horrible by any means it's not one of my favorites but it wasn't horrible uh I looked at um Rotten Tomatoes which is the rating company I don't know if you know that uh Rotten Tomatoes gave Luca a better rating than they gave Cruella. And not to say that I'm aggravated about that, but I'm kind of aggravated aggravated about that. Um, I'm giving Luca a 7.5 out of 10. And Cruella got a 10 out of 10. Um, 7.5 because I feel like a 7 is too harsh and a 7.5 is just right. So, I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, do I recommend watching? If you have kids, they'll probably love this movie. It's really simple. It's a simple plot. They'll understand it easily and they will probably enjoy it. But if you're an adult, I mean... You can spend time watching it if you just want to, you just have to watch it just so you can say you watched them all, but you don't absolutely have, this movie's not a must to watch, if you feel like watching it, you can, but it's, it's up to you, so, um, that's, this is just my standpoint and where I, where I see the movie, um, I probably will watch it again at some point in the future and see if my opinions changed at all, but like I said, that's just where I am, you're welcome to have your own opinion, it doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, those are my two reviews for the movie Cruella 2021 and Luca 2021. They're both on Disney Plus. One costs money. That's Cruella, and the other one does not if you have Disney Plus. Um, so, yeah, hope you enjoyed this. Can't say video. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. This is my first official episode of, like, my podcast. The other one was a bonus episode of just an introduction. This one is my first official one. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will see you guys next time that I do one. Um, so yeah, thank you for watching as always and bye.